today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Eric and Jason here. How you doing? I'm well. Nick Carter is fighting back against claims that he sexually battered, potentially probably raped, I think of the specific allegations, a uh, a, a young girl. Uh, this is 21 years ago. Her name was Shannon Ruth, and she came forward about two months ago and filed suit against him, claiming that 21 years ago on a tour bus, he had invited her on the tour bus, and he had uh, sexually assaulted her. I believe she had uh, plied uh, her with alcohol and drugs. Yeah, and then she says that he ended up sexually assaulting her orally, uh, and 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 I believe vaginally after. But the allegation was first made to police a couple years before this December lawsuit, but still back in many 2017, years. I believe exactly. it was. Yeah. But still many years uh, after the actual incident or and, alleged incident. And as these things go, you know, obviously we have no idea what the facts are, but when somebody comes forward that many years after, you you you, you can anticipate what the response is, right? right? This person waited so long, it's clearly manufactured. This is what Nick Carter's been saying. This clearly manufactured, it's a shakedown, it's extortion. And in fact, uh, yesterday he came forward and filed a countersuit against her, alleging that just that, that this was a shakedown and extortion attempt, alleging that she and her counsel had defamed him uh, as a result of making up these false allegations against him. And so now we have competing lawsuits that are going to be have to be hashed out over the next weeks, months, years. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a very lengthy countersuit. I went through it yesterday. He's alleging a, a sort of grand conspiracy against him where this woman, Shannon Ruth, who was who says she was 15 at the time of the incident, cooked up this these lies with two other people, uh, the Schumans, well, a husband and wife team, Melissa Schumann and her husband, I believe, Jerome. And these allegations uh, sort of were inflated and coaxed out of Melissa over time as part of a move to uh, basically drag Nick's name through the mud. And one interesting allegation in the lawsuit is that they say they leveraged uh, Aaron Carter. So right. remember, Aaron and Nick had a very fraught relationship. Uh, you know, Aaron struggles with substance abuse. Nick moved on with a, sort of tried to start a family and things like that, moved pulled himself away from Aaron and wasn't seen as always the most supportive. He ended up getting a TRO against Aaron when Aaron allegedly made threats against his family. And so they saw, according to this lawsuit, this countersuit, they saw that as an opportunity to say, oh, hey, if we the get Schumans a brother, did, yeah. yeah, the Schumans, if we get his brother to turn against him, that'll give us sort of more credibility that Nick's a bad guy. Uh, so he's he's blowing all of this up into this countersuit. What's, what's interesting to me is where we are now in the Me Too movement. That yeah. Now these types of countersuits We've seen it now recently with George Foreman. He was accused of, you know, sexual assault of a minor, you know, back in the 70s or 80s, I believe. This is a 21-year-old allegation itself. You're now seeing countersuits where they're sort of really pushing back. And I just think it's it's interesting as it's a different moment in the Me Too movement where it's like, maybe don't believe all the victims on their face. Let's play this out in court. It's definitely different. I don't know exactly where we stand, though, honestly, because Nick Carter did lose, the Backstreet Boys did lose out on concert tours that, or, or event tours that they had scheduled for December. December in the immediate aftermath of these allegations that came against him, which is what made him so mad and why he's now filing countersuits and making a big deal of this, is because they did lose so much money as a result of the allegations. Says so they lost close to two and a half million dollars, two point three five million from canceling events right. as a result of these allegations. Because you can't perform. You can't perform, but but it, it you know, it, if this was four years ago. It may be more an existential threat to Nick's career, yes. right? But now He's not it's, at his height. Now it seems that although he did lose a couple of gigs, I think the Backstreet Boys are fine. I think that he's fine. I think he continues to perform. But we saw so many people that were really canceled for good or canceled at least for a long period of time where they couldn't work. 
uh, I don't think we're there anymore, right? We, we seem to move past that, for better or for worse. I, it, it, everybody's got their own opinions, but it definitely is we are past that. The pendulum is swinging. It has swung. Yeah, it's certainly now these aren't sort of just accepted at face value, cancel him. It's 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 over yeah. immediately upon the filing of a lawsuit. And at the risk of, uh, I, I think that's a good thing, that, that we're not rushing to judgment in the same yeah. way. I always thought it was... It was problematic. It is inter- it is important to listen to uh, alleged victims and certainly hear their stories and not dismiss them out of hand. But it is not that is a different thing than believing these yeah. narratives whole cloth. It's interesting. There are so few people who make up stories of abuse. Agreed. But when they do, I mean, you know, Jesse Smollett is a great example of somebody who concocted from whole cloth, you know, allegations not quite of, of sexual abuse, but but of abuse. And it really sets the movement back so much when these kinds of things happen. That Tremendously. It's, it's such an unfair thing. I say to my kids all the time who, you know, they rush to believe everything everybody says. And I say, you're doing a disservice to people who really do have these things happen to them by believing everybody at the drop of a hat. Absolutely. It plants the seed in everyone's mind is, is this one of the the liars, the one yeah. of the one out of a hundred who concoct these stories yeah. to trash someone's reputation? I don't know what the case is with Melissa Schumann and, and I... You know, as lawyers, we're inclined to sort of see how these things play out, yeah. see where the evidence lies, and yeah. then sort of try to weigh it uh, in our own minds and sort of watch the court processes. I have more faith in those institutions, and I think a lot of people would say, "No, the courts are corrupt," and they sort of I say think, this reflexively. The, the more you, the more you understand the court system, the more you see how it works, the more faith you have in it. Yeah, it, it's not corrupt. It, it, it's it, slow. It's, it's slow, deliberate. It's, it's not arduous, satisfying, and it doesn't always give the correct answer. That's but right. that doesn't mean it's corrupt. It, it, we, you know, we. we the system is not perfect, but it's the best system that there is. Yes, and and, I will, and and it's important that you pointed out it doesn't always come to the correct, absolute truth result. But that's not the promise courts make. Courts are a process, right. and and right. and they afford you the opportunity to make claims, to weigh evidence, and then we often have juries. And what the jury says is not the right answer. I, I talked about this a lot in Johnny Depp. I don't care that Johnny Depp won that case. I think it's interesting that he he was able to convince the jury, a, but it doesn't mean the, that he's right. You understand right. the importance on a real life uh, way of of court cases and outcomes, and you abide by them. But it doesn't yes. mean it's right. O.J. Simpson, another one. We Same. don't think, think it's right, but that's the system, and we're not going to take you know out of juries' hands. We don't want to give it to single judges sitting up there. They do that in a lot of the, in a lot of other and countries. We call them and, banana republics. Correct. So yeah. it's it's hard to find a perfect system. Two other sort of interesting legal angles. We you know the. Nick Carter countersuit for defamation. You don't usually see a lot of defamation cases resulting from lawsuits because if I I can file a lawsuit against you today and I can make the most incredible, outlandish, salacious, factually inaccurate, knowingly false claims against you, you cannot sue me for defamation because there's something called the litigation privilege. Anything you put in a court document Anything at all is shielded from defamation. Now, there are other sanctions courts can hit you with for lying, but not defamation. So Nick Carter... Suing her for defamation, it's not based on the things she said in the court documents. It can't be, because litigation privilege, as you said, the four corners of that lawsuit, she's protected to say anything she wants. Yes, there's Rule 11 sanctions, things like that. But she can't be sued for defamation over that. However, given that this is a 20-year run, Nick is pointing to comments that were made publicly before the lawsuit. No litigation privilege there. Even if it's during a litigation, if you go out there and say, Nick Carter did all these awful things to me at a press conference, 
that's not covered by the litigation privilege. It's the four corners of the document. Yeah, and just to, the, the policy behind it, it makes a lot of sense. You want people to be able to make the claims they need to make in the context of a lawsuit where, you know, you you are, you know, signing these complaints under penalty of perjury. You're, you're, you're compelled to sort of make valid claims. People obviously don't always do that. Yeah. They lie in documents all the time. But we want to encourage people to say what their claim well, is. Well, the other thing you is, know, if, 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 if you could sue based on a false accusation in a complaint, Every lawsuit collapse. would be every lawsuit would be lawsuit defamation defamation right. claim in the countersuit because everybody thinks the person who says things about him lied about it. That's right. And that's not the purpose. You of have court. a dispute. Right. So every dispute would collapse into defamation. It would be silly. Right. And the other the other thing that that the uh, counsel for uh, uh, Shannon Ruth says is that this why so so Nick has come out denied the allegations that she made filed this countersuit. The response from Shannon Ruth's counsel is, why should we believe Nick, believe Nick Carter? This is a man who has multiple accusations of abuse against him over the years. There's no reason to believe him. It's interesting whether or not those kinds of things are, whether they're true or not, whether they can actually be part of the lawsuit, those previous allegations. Yeah, look, as a general matter, when you sue someone and you say they did something wrong to you, you can't bring in behavioral evidence that you say, uh, this person's a bad person. They've done this in the past. Right. Uh, if there are previous convictions, obviously that's a different matter. Yeah. But but simply sort of character based evidence of uh, he's it's been he's called, fielded these kind of allegations yeah. that doesn't work. You can't bring it's that. It's called in. it's called prior bad acts, and the idea is that just because somebody did something once upon a time doesn't isn't evidence that they did it again here. There's exceptions to that, and that is called it's the M.O. rule, the modus operandi rule. You guys might see this in detective dramas and things you like that. You see it in Bill Cosby. You saw it in Bill Cosby. I was about to bring that up, right? So Bill Bill Cosby is different, right? He had a very particular pattern that was alleged against him that he would drug women, roofie them, and then have sex with them or sexually assault them in some way. And the accusations were so consistent over time that the courts in the more recent more recent court courts said, you know what, we're going to allow the prosecution and the plaintiffs in the civil lawsuits to bring in all of these alleged prior bad acts to help prove the current case. Right. Typically, it's not allowed. It's a high burden for the prosecutors and plaintiffs attorneys to satisfy that you allow prior bad acts, bad acts in. But if they can establish there's a modus operandi. Yeah, then they can get you. As Jason said, it's an exception. It's hard to do because when does a prior bad act, a few prior bad acts even, become an MO? It, it's a it's a feel. So the right. judge is going to look at how specific and how faithful they were to a to to a way and a manner of carrying out a particular offense. And you know, would he slip a Mickey in and then two hours later uh, sort of sexually assault someone? That's yeah. what they're looking for: the detail and the number of times they did it. Because otherwise, all prior bad acts will start to look like MOs, and you don't want that. Well, I mean, that's we don't have to belabor this too much more. But the whole thing court's trying to do is is find out what where, where relevant evidence meets. A prejudicial impact on the jury. That's and the whole so game. if you say, well, 30 years ago he hit his wife, we're going to introduce that as evidence in this current domestic battery case. And the person would say, well, that was 30 years ago. It has nothing to do with who I am now. I'm a totally different person. If those prior bad acts were always admitted, imagine the prejudicial impact that would have on a jury. And courts are likely to say, no, 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 it's too prejudicial. It doesn't it, it's not it doesn't sort of overcome the potential limited yeah. relevancy. And of, just of to explain what, what what Jason means by prejudicial is not like prejudice, uh, like a racist bias. What it means is, is that going to inflame the jury to, to sort of distract them and think you're just a bad person so therefore you did this current act that you're being sued over you don't want juries making decisions based on their sort of 
core gut feelings about whether someone's a good person. You want them to make decisions about whether they committed the particular act that they are being sued or criminally prosecuted over. That's the that's the ball game. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Let's let's use this opportunity to switch over to Sylvester Stallone. Now, just before we go into this, what a pivot. Why Derek, are we going over Nick Carter? Why are we Derek is a full-throated Sylvester Stallone apologist. <laughs> your favorite movie is Rocky Two. Your second favorite movie is Rocky One. Your third favorite movie is Rocky Five with Tommy Morrison. No, no, you, you, were, go, you were going so well. Rocky Four, huge, huge Rocky fan. You love huge an underdog fan. story. That's yeah. your, that's your thing in life. Um, which is why I don't understand why you hate Bruce Springsteen so much. No, but, we'll get into that later. Uh, okay. I, I can't, I can't, let's not bring Bruce into this. So Sylvester Stallone and his and his wife Jennifer Flavin had this very well publicized falling out a few months ago, where ultimately it's all it's dog. Gate, right where it was such a bad dispute that he that he tattooed over his wife the he sorry he covered a tattoo of his wife with a tattoo of the his dog yes it caused apparently divorce papers to be filed the whole thing they've reconciled and now they're doing a reality show have we been duped was there no dispute at all this was all teeing up a reality show i love slide i'm glad you put that sort of caveat in there but it feels very very intentional all of this now feels like we've been hooked because Sylvester Stallone, if you follow him, and I do, he's a, he's an active presence on social media. He's been trying to position his, he's in a stage of his career where he's one of the biggest stars of the 80s and 90s in action movies, but he's now at the sort of tail end of his career. He's older now, he's doing sort of smaller B movies, and he's trying to position his family as uh, an object of interest, almost like the Kardashians. He has these three beautiful daughters, he has Jennifer Flavin, who's his beautiful wife, and he's trying to elevate them. And he's them. this sort of- They've got podcasts, he's this- Aging once he's upon a time movie star, right? Yes, and he still has a lot still, of juice, and he's still incredibly famous. It's right. Incredibly famous. Yeah. So he's trying to push them into the forefront, and this seems like part of this overall scheme is a loaded word, but you know, plan to elevate his family. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so now they have a reality show, which query whether you would ever imagine a star of the magnitude of Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he's up there with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whether you who you sure, like no, no, of no, the that's two, right. that's right. That's up to your your. Arnold's, Arnold's career maybe have lasted a little bit longer. He's been relevant more in the last sure, ten years. He's been but governor, <laughs> but I don't think anybody was as big as Sly in the Rocky One, Rocky Two times. Yeah. I don't think Arnold ever reached those heights. Well, in, in any event, let's the talk notion about of of him doing a reality show is fascinating to me because 
Originally, the reality game was the Osbournes, a fading rocker bringing yeah. his, his kooky family. Who we didn't know. His family Who was we, not famous. Exactly. Right. We didn't yeah. know the family. We knew, we knew Ozzy Osbourne, but he was already well past his prime yeah. and so forth. Uh, Sylvester Stallone also passed his prime, but he's so big that I never thought he would dip his toe in You look disappointed? Television. Honestly, you look disappointed? I, I'm a lot disappointed. I'll I, be honest with you. I, I, I didn't want to see I don't this. have the same. I, don't, I have no allegiance to Sly. I, I don't have the same disappointment that he would do a reality show. I, I am disappointed that he would do it the way that he did. Assuming everything we've seen up until now, and that's possible they had a real falling out, real problems, and then they reconciled, and somebody came to them and said, hey, Sly and Jennifer, you guys had this really public falling out. The the, the people are ne have never been more interested in you right. from a pop culture set, uh, point of view. What if we do a reality show? Yeah. And they said, great. I don't think so. I think what happened is they got the idea six months ago to do a reality show, and they said, how can we sort of drum up some interest in this family? What and an allegation. Are you saying they abused the court system? Uh, yeah. They definitely filed real documents, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, yeah, you shouldn't I, I, do that to do a reality show. However, if, if they had, you know, sort of, uh, mixed motives, let's this say. This is my theory. I, yeah. I, I, I certainly have nothing except what's publicly out there to support it, yeah. but it just seems to me it's too co coincidence, too convenient. The fact that he covered his wife's face with a dog tattoo and then the next day wore a sleeveless shirt in order to show it off and then a week later they reconcile and now like we haven't seen the dog tattoo again and it sounds it, like a reality show storyline yes the, so i'll put it this way and we, this is i think the finest point if the kardashians did something like this we would immediately put on our cynical like glasses all the time and, and we, we say they are so awful all they do is yes. create things for television where do the lines between reality and and reality show, yes. merge, you know, all those things. We'd we, give them zero benefit of the doubt. Zero We'd benefit. say this is clearly for the reality show. And There's I don't know. No I don't think Sly and Jennifer Flavin. Does Flavin, he deserve it? He doesn't deserve it. I, I don't think little so. Benefit, little benefit. A little, benefit, little benefit of the, of the Kaufman <laughs> doubt. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We will uh, see you on Monday. Talk to you soon.